Good morning. I'm Pastor Mark, and um, I've stood in front of this church uh, going on 11 years now. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, There's there's been many times, obviously, I'm a person, I'm a human. There's been many times I've come and I've, I've had topics in Scripture that I've been excited about sharing. There's been topics and, and Scripture that I wasn't excited about sharing. Um, and every so often, there's topics and, and, and Scripture that I feel that I have been commanded by my Lord and Savior to bring. And today is one of those days that I absolutely believe that the Holy Spirit placed on my heart and said, you know what, no matter what you wanted to talk about or what you, you, you were thinking or what was planned, that you need to put those things aside and you need to talk about these things. And I do so understanding that, that it, it's difficult, it, it's not fun, it's things that we don't like to think about. A, uh, a lot of times in Northern American church that we like to come to be filled up. But the reality is that we have a larger responsibility than just ourselves, that we have a responsibility to the body of Christ that we have been commanded uh, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 to carry one another's burdens. And today, um, I want to bring to your attention something that was brought to my attention about four weeks ago when I was sitting in my old church in, in, in Los Angeles listening to the pastor at that time there had begun to be some uh, pressing of a, of a group called ISIS, the Islamic, Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. And what they were doing was they were starting to mark homes with uh, the, the noon or the, the Arabic N, which I'm wearing. And that N symbolized... Uh, uh, Nazarene, Jesus from Nazareth, and it would, they were starting to mark where Christians lived. And obviously, uh, there was a lot of concern about this, and, and I don't know how closely you pay attention to the news, and even if you pay closely to the, uh, close attention to the news, there's a good chance that you really don't have a full grasp on what is going on? And I felt that the Holy Spirit has, has called me to, at least in our church, to talk about the plight of our brothers and sisters in Christ and what they are facing in Iraq, in Iraq. because we are called to carry one another's burdens. Also, in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1, In verse uh, 3, Paul is writing to a persecuted church, and he says this, Dear brothers and sisters, we can't but thank God for you, because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. And then he says this, 
we proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecution and hardships you are suffering. Paul is boasting about the response of this church to other churches. He's boasting about how their faith is flourishing in the face of persecution. He is boasting about them and proudly proclaiming how their love for one another are growing and how they are sacrificing for one another and how their endurance and their faith in the faith face of this persecution is also growing in hardship. And he continues in verse 5, he says, And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. And I by no means am an expert on on the Middle East and, and what is going on. But one thing that I feel that uh, I am equipped is to give you an overview of what is happening. I've read over 100 articles in the past several weeks and uh, have, have been digging into the news and, and, and reading other uh, uh, articles and just trying to get a handle on on what is going on. And, and the purpose of today is not to sensationalize anything. It doesn't need to be sensationalized. Also, I'm not trying to invoke images of horror. But the reality is that we have a duty and a calling to carry the burdens of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So there's going to be a few things that I want to talk about. The first part's going to be really academic just to kind of get you up to speed. I don't know where you are on, on understanding uh, ISIS and, and caliphates and things like that. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about, who is ISIS? Who is the Islamic State? The next thing is we're going to talk about is what is the ultimate goal of ISIS? Uh, then we're going to uh, talk about what is a caliphate? And we're also going to get into how, how is ISIS persecuting Christians? And then finally, want to talk about what we can do to help. Now, the Islamic State, the Islamic State of uh, Iraq and Syria uh, has, got, has been given lots of different names. The media is shifting around. The, the administration calls them ISIL, uh, other uh, organizations call them ISIS uh, or just IS or things like that. They have several different names. But essentially, who ISIS um, is, is uh, Al-Qaeda uh, of Iraq. And they are the defeated. When we had the surge in 2006 to, uh, to move Al-Qaeda out of, of Iraq, that, uh, there was a splinter group that went to Syria and that is ISIS. Now, ISIS is, uh, is actually more radical and, and more vicious than Al-Qaeda. In fact, in February of 2014, uh, when ISIS was still uh, a franchise or uh, under the control of Al-Qaeda uh, Central, Al-Qaeda was giving them instructions 
and they were uh, the first organization to publicly disobey Al-Qaeda Central. In fact, one of the specific orders uh, Al-Qaeda gave was that ISIS should stop killing so many uh, Shiite and Sunni Muslims. And in Syria, which they refused to do. Now, ISIS is a vicious group. We probably have all seen that they just beheaded an American uh, photojournalist. That's not new for them. That women, children, that they, there is a string of, of, of videos and, and uh, photos coming out of, of Iraq of the horrors that this group is doing. ISIS is so evil that even Al-Qaeda in uh, February of this year disavowed them. You know you're pretty bad when Al-Qaeda says you're too hardcore. You're, you're, you are bad people. We don't want to be associated with you. This is what is going on. So what is the goal of ISIS? What, what is the goal? And their goal is to make a caliphate. Now, here in Florida, you know, we probably haven't had a lot of interaction or understanding of what a caliphate is. And a caliphate uh, really, in, in its original sense, wasn't something that was all that evil. In fact, uh, when Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad, back in uh, uh, 624 A.D., 600 years after Christ, uh, that uh, he founded Islam. Now, Islam, different than Christianity, uh, is not just a religion. It is a, a political and governing uh, philosophy. And uh, Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, started Islam in a remote part of the world, at least remote for, the, for those times. And I have a, a, a picture here, a map. And as you can see, you can see the grand empires and kingdoms of the world in 624 AD. And if you look at the bottom of the screen there, you see that little green mark, and that's in present-day Western Saudi Arabia. And this is where uh, Islam, uh, this is Islam's birthplace. And the idea that Muhammad had was this totally integrated, unified religious and political system. But he didn't create a caliphate. In fact, caliphate um, comes uh, from the word caliph, which caliph means he who comes after. And it wasn't until the prophet Muhammad um, died that the next um, person, the caliph who, who came after him, uh, Abu uh, Bakr, that, that he went on a military kind of conquest through the known world uh, to establish this, uh, this new caliphate in the next uh, screen that you start to see the spread of Islam throughout the ancient Near East. And this continued to grow until the height 
of the caliphate, which was all controlled under uh, um, uh, Sharia law, which they have their own laws uh, that, that trump any known uh, nation's laws. They don't see themselves as controlled by a nation, but in a caliphate, the caliph, which means one who comes after, that's their leader, uh, that everyone is subject to his authority. So here, here's where it starts to get a little bit scary, or a lot scary, for those of us um, who are part of the body of Christ and we have brothers and sisters in Christ in this area. The present-day caliph, the one who comes after, the one who has proclaimed himself as being in charge of all Muslim people all over the world, he calls himself, uh, he adopted the name of Abu Bakr, and uh, his full name is Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And he has released maps of his goal of his caliphate, and this is, this is from them. This is, this is the goal of ISIS right now. As you can see, most of northern Africa, you can see all of the Middle East, Asia, uh, going, going around into Europe. In there is um, Israel. And this is the demands that ISIS is going with religious uh, minority groups in, in this area. This is the choice that they're, they're giving at least Christians. Convert to Islam, our version of Islam. Pay a tax that you can't afford, this enormous amount of money, or die. We will kill you. Now, other religious minorities, like the uh, Yazidi, and especially people of um, Jewish descent or religion, are not getting those options, that they are being killed. So this, this is the direction that, that this, this group is going. And this is what our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing in northern Iraq. And not only them, but, but Israel and other religious minority groups. So how, how are they persecuting? How, how are they persecuting the Christians and the Yazidis and, 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 uh, and the Israelites? So the next, next picture uh, here that we see many different uh, people of religions, um, Islam and Christians and Yazidis coming together and saying, you know what, in solidarity, we, we are having a vigil against ISIS. And this is, this is what's happening right now in northern Iraq. Four weeks ago and, and, and today that that they are going through and they are identifying homes that are Christian. And if you go to the next slide, they're going through and they're putting the noon, they're putting the, the, the 
uh, Arabic letter N, which stands for Nazarene, to identify those people who are Christians. This is essentially the same thing that Nazi Germany did with the Jews in Europe, that they would identify them with the Star of David to set them up for genocide. And that's what we are facing right now. Several weeks ago, ISIS toppled uh, Mosul, the second biggest uh, city in Iraq, uh, a place where Christianity literally has been practiced since the resurrection of Christ. That there is, for the past 2,000 years, there has been open professing Christians in this area. It hasn't always been easy. But they are being systematically identified and exterminated. What happens is that they, they mark, mark the homes and then they've been coming in and, and this is going to get a little bit graphic and again, I, I'm sorry, but I, I need you to understand what our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing that they're identifying the homes, and then uh, ISIS uh, jihadists will, will come in and they will restrain the, the husband and the father, and they will first rape the women in the homes. These are the reports that are coming out. And then in front of the father, they behead the women and the children, and then they kill the male. Unspeakable evil. One such story that, that has gotten out is of a family, the Azir, uh, Azir family, that were able to flee. And the next picture is uh, the, the grandmother who's 74 years old. She has a broken hip and she's laying there. Her name is Munira. And that little boy, his name's Oz. And he's so cute. You go, ah, you know, that's his name. And uh, I'm so struck by this picture ISIS is going and, and has marked their home, and they tell this story about how their home was, home was marked and their friend's home was marked. And then Mernira says this, we heard the gunshot, shot, excuse me, we heard the gunshots outside our door and knew the terrorists were killing Christians. We hoped someone might rescue us. We hid for two days. Then we knew we had to leave. We gathered some clothes and left in the night. As they fled out of Mosul, they, they, they found a small little city with a small little church. And this is where the picture is taken that they are 
at the, with the time of this picture, they were living in a 10 by 10 foot room with 12 other people hiding from ISIS. The thing that really gets me is that Oz there has, has a, cruci- a handwritten written crucifix on his shoulder. Now, think about that. You are being hunted by the Islamic State to behead you. They have killed your friends. In fact, Oz's family, father was killed. And his response and his family's response to that is to identify himself with Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. This is what they face. And as I've been kind of sitting on this, and I think it's very difficult for us, and myself included, to try to truly empathize with what is going on right now in Iraq. And I want to take you through just an exercise of empathy. Imagine if we left here today, left our Sunday worship gathering, just like for 2,000 years, families in this area have come and they've come to church on Sunday and they've worshiped in a different form than us, but worship the same God. And to come home and to have your home marked with a noon, knowing that that persecution is coming. But your whole life is there and you're fearful and you're not sure exactly what is going on. And you're sitting there and you're... in your home, and you're not sure what to do, you're not sure if you should leave, if you're not sure if you should just wait it out, you're not sure if rescue is going to come, and suddenly your door is broken down. And men in mass come in, and they start to rape your family. And after they're done, they behead your whole family and then kill you. The only difference between us and them is it's not us. That the horrors that are happening there are real. So what can we do to help? Because I'm sure you, like me, feel powerless, right? Like, I loaned out my stealth bomber and jerk didn't return it. You know, I mean, like, what, what are we meant to do, right? Well, they asked Munira that, and this is what she said. Please tell the world what is happening. 
Please tell the world we just want to go home. We just want to live. We just want to be safe. And I think the first thing that we should do is honor our sister in Christ's wishes. That we need to tell her story and our other brothers and sisters in Christ their story. Remember, the only difference between us and them is it's not us. It's them right now. And imagine if it was you. Imagine if it was your children. Imagine if it was your family. And all you hoped for was your brothers and sisters in Christ who were safe would tell your story. Now, most of us don't have a large platform. God has given me the ability to to be able to speak today. But we all have voices. And some of the things that, some ideas that I want to give you in order to, to share this family story and other family stories, number one, you know what? Educate yourself. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and we owe it to them to find their stories and to share their stories. You can share their stories and, and links on, on blogs and Facebook and, and, and Twitter. There's a hashtag going around. It's called We Are N. We are Nazarene. We are Christians. We stand in solidarity. Also, uh, our church has uh, made these shirts. They're, they're free. You can pick one up in the, in the lobby and you can wear it around. I can't tell you how many people have already asked me, what's your symbol mean? What's that mean? And to be able to tell them about what is happening in Iraq. We also uh, have temporary tattoos uh, if you want to put one on your hand or something so when you shake somebody's hand or they see it, they can ask because, you know, you don't want to wear the same shirt every single day. <laughs> you know, you can change your Facebook picture. You can, you can talk to people about it. Evil thrives in secrecy. And we have been asked by a sister in Christ to share their story. Because until their story gets out, those who can do something won't because they won't have the political will to do anything. The second thing that we need to do is to be in prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer matters. I want to continue on in 2 Thessalonians in verse 7. Paul writes, And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord appears from heaven. He will come with His mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. 
they will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. When He comes on that day, He will receive glory from His holy people, praise from all who believed. And this includes you. For you believed what we told you about Him. And here we are told that, you know what, when we pray, we should be praying to give them rest and that uh, pray that God will, will come and bring His judgment. And in verse 11, Paul continues, says, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are things to be celebrated, just like Paul celebrated and was proud to celebrate the church in Thessalonica, that, that their love was growing, that they were being strong and steadfast in persecution. And the truth is, our brothers and sisters in Iraq are bonding together. Their love is growing. That one such story that came out before a woman was martyred, that a friend pleaded with her and says, why don't you just recant your faith and convert to their Islam? It'll be so much easier. And she said, they have taken everything from me. They will not take Jesus. I want to conclude our time in prayer with some prayer points that we can all go through. We're going to tweet out these prayer points so, and put them on Facebook so you can have them uh, throughout the week. But if you guys will pray with me and we'll just go through these prayer points. I'm just going to pause in between these prayer points to give you the opportunity to pray. Thank you.